Eagles Entertainment. During this time, as folks are choosing to stay at home, NovaCare Rehabilitation is offering tele-rehab right from the comfort of your home. For more information, go to NovaCare.com. NovaCare, the power of physical therapy. Hello and welcome back to this final bonus episode of Return Game, House of Pain Game, presented by NovaCare Rehabilitation. I'm your host, Rob Ellis. This season, we explored what was happening on and off the field for gangrene, from the tensions within the team to perfecting that punishing defensive style of play the Eagles were renowned for. We traveled to Houston to see how the Oilers honed that run-and-shoot offense and made them unstoppable. That was until they faced off against the Philadelphia Eagles. The thing that I would describe it as, they played in with, with tremendous fury, they played with tremendous physicality, but they also played really smart. I mean, I, I know all the pressure on Moon, the sacks, the hitting in the secondary, knocking the receivers out, all of that stuff, the physicality of it, the aggressiveness of it, that was all very much in evidence. But the other thing that I took away from it was, you go back and look at that game, there wasn't a single missed assignment, wasn't a blown coverage. I mean, they played hard, they played physical, but they also played maybe their smartest game of the year. Today, we're looking back at the aftermath and the enduring legacy of the House of Pain game. After that final whistle blew on December 2nd, 1991, the Eagles left the field, heads held high. They had just held the best offense in the NFL to a touchdownless game. We certainly tipped our hats to a, an outstanding uh, football team and a, particularly an exceptional defense, but... You know, you always came away feeling like we could have played better despite the quality of the opposition, and we didn't, and we squandered an opportunity to, uh, to get a win against a, a terrific football team. The Houston Oilers, the home team, had to face the Love You Blue fans. They had just lost a showdown. They were favored to win. The final score was 13-6. to Offensive coordinator Kevin Gilbride and the team walked the long path to the locker room with the loss still lingering in the dome air. Well, you're devastated, and particularly when you're used to uh, the team relying so heavily on your side of the ball to garner the win, and and you you don't fulfill the normal uh, role that you that you expect to play. It, it's it particularly disappointing and and uh, frustrating and discouraging. So you're depressed. I mean, you're disappointed. Coach Kevin Gilbride kept working with the Oilers until 1994. After he left, he worked across the league with various teams. Most recently, he was the head coach of the New York Guardians, one of the teams in the now-defunct XFL. For the visiting team, reports from the locker room were in. The Eagles and Seth Joyner were jubilant after their win. But there were no champagne showers. Monday night games finished after midnight with a tough physical game like the one they just played. There were injuries that needed treatment, so getting taped and iced was the focus. Then it was a scramble to the bus to get out of Houston. Well, it's hard to celebrate it because as soon as the game is over, you're on a plane back to Philadelphia. If it's, if it's at home, it's a different dynamic. As a group of guys, we can get out, get together and go out and hang out. But the only thing we had waiting on us after the game as far as celebrating was um, being able to get on the plane and fly back to Philadelphia and get home at like three, four o'clock in the morning. But, you know, we celebrated. I mean, even on the plane, flying back, you know, we knew that we had accomplished something, you know, really special. My wife and I were married in 1991, so she and I were at the game together. 
with my mom and, and some of my mom's friends that were there as well. We would all sit in, it was a box, if you will, but it was the box that's in the end zone directly behind the goalpost. So we would sit in the broadcast booth for the radio broadcast team of the Astros. That was, <laughs> that was where our, our seats were. So it was always a little funny because there was always a lot of Astros stuff that was in there. Ted Party remembers that being tucked away from the throng of fans, sometimes happy, sometimes not so happy on game day, was the best place for his family to be. We had access to an elevator that would take us down to get us close to the, the locker room, and then we would kind of wait in the loading area for my father when he would come out. We always had a safe exit. You know, there's no surprise that coaches always get escorted off the field by police. There's always reasons for that. There's always crazy stories going on that you never hear about in the news, but I felt safe in Houston. I, I never, ever felt unsafe. 29 years later, he's still a bit incredulous that gangrene was able to hold off the Oilers, but still not take their season further in 1991. Just looking at, at what they did to the number one offense, no touchdowns. You know, Think about that for a second, to, to hold the number one offense, an offense that had something like 28 games in a row where they had over 250 yards of offense, holding them to under 250 yards of offense. It was an amazing thing. You know, they did something that most teams could not do to the Oilers and, and good teams, good teams like the Steelers. The Steelers had a fantastic defense back in the 1990s, and the Oilers struggled with those guys. And this shows you that, you know, defense can help win championships. You know, if Randall Cunningham hadn't been injured, if he'd been on the field, I think things might have been even better that year for the Eagles. I know the Eagles had 10 wins that year, but didn't make the playoffs, if you can believe that. Uh, I think that's crazy. It's right for the Philadelphia fans to look at that game. It was a tough game, it was a hard-nosed game, and they came out on top. These days, Ted lives in Houston and is a radio color commentator for the University of Houston broadcasts. He admits he quietly pays attention to what is happening in Philly because Greg Ward Jr., one of his favorite players from the University of Houston, plays there. 11th play in his drive, Wentz looking around in the end zone, throws in the back corner, it is a touchdown! Journalist Phil Sheridan, who was at the Astrodome for that Monday night showdown, sums up the game this way. It was kind of the pinnacle of what that Eagles team was about. And it was an opportunity for them to go out and fall flat on their faces and prove that they weren't as tough as they seemed to be uh, or as arrogant as it could be. You know, given what was that state, the way they played in that game, to me that just encapsulates what that team was about and what those players were about. Bruce Matthews was elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2007. He played 19 seasons. That's a lot of fresh faces, new coaches, and for Bruce, even a different city. Remember, he followed the team to Tennessee. But one win that eluded him during his career? At least the Eagles have won Super Bowls since then, so they can be comforted in that fact. I think, for me, it reminds me so much of or the parallels with my career. Because you take for granted so much as a fan, as a player, as a teammate, you always think, well, we're just gonna get better every year. 
And that really isn't the case because guys retire, their salary cap issues, coaches get fired, players get cut and move on. And I think sometimes we just expect it to keep building and building. No, when you're building, you're cutting away a part of that base the whole time. You just never know what's going to happen. I would imagine John McClain has lost count of how many NFL games he's seen, but this one stands out for him. Way to go, Eagles. If you want to say the best example of a physical football game from start to finish, that I would check out that victory over the Oilers in 1991 at the Astrodome. It'd been one thing if they'd have done it at the vet, but to be able to go on the road and muster that kind of energy, that kind of physicality, and have a game plan drawn up by Bud Carson, that was one heck of a performance by the Eagles, and I think it'll go down in Eagles history as maybe the best defensive game in franchise history when you take everything into consideration about where they were playing, who they were playing, the kind of offense they were playing with a Hall of Fame quarterback, and they just annihilated the Oilers' offense. It was an exceptional game because of the you know the quality of play you know you had the the best offense in the league going against the best defense in the league and this was one of those days where the the defense came out on top and so the eagles won uh so i think their memory of it being an extraordinary event is an accurate memory and uh if you're an eagle fan you come away very proud of the outcome and if you're an oiler fan you come away very frustrated that you didn't get a win against again against a, uh, a top flight opponent when asked to describe the House of Pain game in one word, Philadelphia Inquirer NFL writer Paul Domowich has this to say. Unforgettable. It underscored what that defense was. If you're looking at a game to pick, to remember that great defense over those years, that would be the game you would take. I mean, because of shutting down a great offense, doing it with the fierceness that they did, with the hits they did, uh, forcing six turnovers or whatever. It's a game I'll never forget. And I got to tell you, you know, after 30-some years, a lot of games start to run together. I mean, people ask me about Super Bowls sometimes, and I can't remember one from the other a lot of times, but the House of Pain game, I'll never forget. The Eagles landed in Philly on December 3rd, 1991. There was no fanfare at the airport, after all. It was 4 o'clock in the morning, and the next day the team would be going back to work. The Eagles still had three games to play. For the remainder of the season, whatever happened, win or lose, there was something special about the House of Pain game. Philadelphia fans from this era have long-held memories of these players, and this is a game that is reminisced about even after all these years and other Eagles victories. Anytime I'm on social media, anytime you know someone puts up one of those clips, well, anytime someone talks about the 91 season, the Eagles fans of my generation, and the thing about it, and there is a difference, there are some young kids that don't even know who I was. They don't even know that I played for the Eagles. But it's their parents, that generation of Eagles fans, that begins to teach them about what that 91 defense and that Eagles defense back then was really all about. But they know. I see it on social media. I see it when I'm in the city of Philadelphia. Um, people really remember that game. They remember that year because no other team in the history of the NFL has ever gone 
um, number one across the board in every in just about every statistical category. And you know how Philadelphia is. You know they 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 hold on to those types of things with great pride. They sure do, Seth. Seth continued to wear the Kelly Green uniform for two more seasons. He went to play for Arizona, Green Bay, and Denver. His final game was Super Bowl 33. The Broncos bested the Falcons. Seth Joyner ended his career with a Super Bowl ring. I take my Super Bowl ring, I put it on, I wear it on special occasions. You know, it means a lot to me because, you know, it's the ultimate goal. But at the end of the day, that ultimate goal would have meant so much more to be able to do it with my brothers, Reggie, Jerome, Clyde, Byron, Eric, Wes, Andre, Ben Smith, Izell Jenkins, Jesse Small, you know, William Thomas. It would, it would have meant a hell of a lot more to me to be able to do that with those guys than to do it with the Denver Broncos. Sadly, many of the starters from Gang Green are no longer with us. Jerome Brown, Wes Hopkins, Andre Waters, and Reggie White have all died. But their hard-hitting performances get Eagles fans very excited. It was a great era of football. Warren Moon, Hall of Fame, amazing offense. And Philadelphia's defense was trend-setting. So you had a trend-setting offense, trend-setting defense, and two killer defenses. The Blitz. The pass and the touchdown at the end of the third quarter in Houston shaped Jeff Kemp's post-NFL career. You know what? Anyone on any day can step in. I was a brand-new guy that hardly knew the system, but uh, I wasn't afraid. And I look back on it and feel like God blessed me that day. I got the game ball for it, and uh, that was kind of a nice introduction to the team. But that's a great game to go back and watch and remember uh, how, how cool NFL football is. And... Uh, that the Blitz can turn into good things. The 1991 season was his last. His book, Facing the Blitz, Three Strategies for Turning Trials into Triumphs, starts with his first-hand recollection of that moment. That's Williams in motion on second and seven from the 22-yard line. Hit, hit as he throws, and the pass is caught by Jackson. Touchdown. It was a, uh, you know, a classic, intense NFL football game with the cool twists and turns. Um, and I was thankful to be a part of the Eagles and thankful to be a part of the game. And uh, look back on it finally. It'd be kind of fun to pull out the tape and watch it with my wife some night. The 1991 Eagles were a special team. Ray Didinger has some stats to back this claim. There aren't that many teams that have been what the Eagles were that year, which is number one against the run, number one against the pass, and number one overall. That had never happened since the 1975 Minnesota Vikings, the team they called the Purple People Eaters. They had done it. That was the Alan Page-Carl Eller team. It hadn't been done from 75 until 91 when the Eagles did it. As good as they were all that season, and obviously they were the best in football, they were never better than they were that night in the Astrodome. For those of you who might be wondering what became of Warren Moon and the Oilers that season. They got off the mat after that game. I don't know how they did it, but they got back on track, and they won division championship for the first time since 1967. Oilers had been wild card teams before, but they had not won a division championship since the days before the NFL-AFL merger. That's how long it had been. So that was a good Oilers team, but the Eagles took them down that night. The Sunday after the Birds bested Houston, they took on the Giants and won 19-14 in New York. They then were up against America's team, Dallas. The Cowboys took the win. On December 22nd, at the Vet, the Eagles beat Washington in a close game, 24-22. Not a bad way to go into the holidays. And until 
14-3, Giants lead with 5.29 to go here in the first half. And Jim McMahon is in the locker room. He's heading to the locker room right now. Through three quarters, the Eagles battled hard to gain a two-point advantage. But with no margin for error, Philadelphia's wonderful playoff drive would end at Veterans Stadium. At the 15, breaks the coverage, comes across the 25, 30, 35, 40. He's heading for the end zone. He's got to go. Calvin the Eagles' first loss in almost two months proved to be their day of judgment. Looking, fires into the end zone. Caught for a touchdown by Maurice Johnson. Here we go. 39-yard attempt with the game on the line. Spotted, kicked, long enough. Despite the House of Pain game victory and building on that momentum to close the season with a run of seven wins and one loss, the Eagles wrapped up the 1991 season at 10-6, and six, but it wasn't quite enough to make the playoffs. They finished third in the NFC East. Perhaps the House of Pain game really was the end of an era. Uh, that game would never have stood today. You can't play that game today. You have been listening to Return Game, House of Pain Game, presented by NovaCare Rehabilitation. I'm Rob Ellis. Thanks for joining us this season. This podcast is a production of Eagles Entertainment and is produced and edited by Buffy Gorilla with sound design and mixing from Peter Kelly. And Eagles thank you to all of our guests for sharing their stories. If you enjoyed this show, please give us a five-star rating. It will help other people discover this podcast. If you have ideas for topics we should explore in future seasons of Return Game, please leave us a comment. Eagles Entertainment produces several other great podcasts that you may enjoy, and we'd love it if you check us out at philadelphiaeagles.com slash podcasts. If you can't get enough of the House of Pain game, head over to Philadelphia Eagles' YouTube channel where you can relive some of the sacks, fumbles, and recoveries from this game and others. this time as folks are choosing to stay at home, NovaCare Rehabilitation is offering tele-rehab right from the comfort of your home. For more information, go to NovaCare.com. NovaCare, the power of physical therapy.